you all have <clears throat> First John marked, you can just leave it marked. Bob just preached my whole outline. <laughs> if you will, let's turn to Psalm 133. While you're turning there, we uh, we got the flooring ordered. I took a picture. They had a big sample. It's about the same color as what's there, a little bit lighter. And hopefully this week we'll get the paint ordered. And within the next month, in the next four weeks, we ought to have walls painted and floorboards done and flooring in and garbage removed and be, it'll be good Psalm 133 uh, and you I was told to tell you hello from the brethren there in Kingsport and New Jersey and Rescue and whoever I thought Fairmont West Virginia uh, Crow West Virginia Ashland Kentucky all over Psalm 133. You know, I'm gonna, I don't know what the title message is. I'm not good at that. Catchy titles. Title, Familiar Love. A familiar Love or a Common Love. When I was growing up, we'd always say, <clears throat> you know, six one, half dozen the other. Or we'd say, same difference. Well, it, is it the same or is it different? <laughs> or is all the different ones the same? Because then they ain't different, but they're different. You know, you start talking in a circle and you can't make it out. I gave up. I typed it out. I ain't going to try to read it. But we're all the same difference. And to the world, the child of God, they say they ain't us. Them people's different. They're peculiar, ain't they? Paul told Titus, he said, Christ our Lord gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, a peculiar people, zealous of good works. That's what it says. It? What kind of good works is Paul talking about? Peter said a little bit differently. He said, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. What's them good works Paul was talking about? Same good works that Peter was talking about. Same thing we looked at this weekend, wasn't it? What's in the heart comes out of the mouth. That's just all there is to it. A peculiar people. And those peculiar people, they're zealous good works. and the, the, What the Lord's done, his good works, is what comes out of the mouth. They're fulfilling the law. That perk you up? That gets your attention. What's cat? Where's he going? You'd be all right. Romans 3 says, To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, the Lord's righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where's boasting then? It's excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay. But of the law of faith. We fulfill that law of faith. He said in Romans 3.31, Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. We establish the law. Over Matthew, as a young lawyer, one of the scribes and the Pharisees and their crew, he got a good handle on this. The Lord taught him, told him plainly what this was. I don't know if he taught him in the heart, but he told him plainly how we're going to fulfill all these laws, how we're going to do good works, how we're going to be different than everybody else, how we're going to be the same difference. <laughs> same as everybody else, but we're different. That lawyer asked him a question. He said, Master, what's the great commandment of the law? Which one's the greatest? We got him now. 
We got him now. And he said, Thou shalt love the Lord God, thy God, with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. That's every bit of you. Plumb totally. And he said, and this is the first and great commandment. That, there's the first one. Love him with everything you got, every cell in your body at all times. I was thinking of Pilate the other day when he said, you know, I have the power to kill you. If I had done perfect my whole life up to that point, I'd roll my eyes. <laughs> uh-huh. Lord didn't. He didn't roll my eyes when I would have. Every jot and tittle, didn't he? He said, this is the first great commandment. You love the, the Father. You love, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind. And the second's just like that one. You love your neighbor as yourself. And in these two commandments, that hangs all the laws and all the prophets. Love God with everything in you. And just about the same thing. Love your neighbor just like yourself because you know who he is. And you know he's going to save his people. And you don't know who his people are. I hope the Lord teaches us that this evening. Just what you prayed, Bob. What was that first law? The Lord says he's going to give us a new commandment. That first law said there in Leviticus 19, it said, You shall not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. Don't you bear any grudges. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. You shalt love your neighbor as yourself. That's the, that's the old commandment. We're going to get the new commandment. And why and how. It's all going to make sense to us. That, that prophet, that law is going to be fulfilled. Right in front of us. Manifest in us. In, in these scriptures 2,000 years ago and in 2023 right now in Hamul, California. I, want, I thought I needed to preach this Sunday. I, said, I want everybody to hear this. How, how are we going to get it to them? And then I thought, no, I had something else ready. I said, that ain't the message. This is. And you read that in First John. I said, yep, this is it. You still got Psalm 133? That loves what David's talking about here. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, in love, in oneness. Now, is that talking about just believers and set the world on fire that whoever ain't? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a little deeper than that, isn't it? We got some understanding. We have some wisdom, don't we? And love and togetherness. That's believers throughout the world. Isn't it? Those over in, you like, you love Angus when they come? Some of them brethren probably going to come to the United States here this year or next. That'd be, that'd be neat, wouldn't it? We love them all around the world. What about in this nation? Yeah, I love the brethren in this nation. What about this state? Do you love the brethren in this state? You met a bunch of them. We love them. What about in this, in this house right here? That too, isn't it? In this assembly. It also means in households, husbands and wives. Have unity. Have love. Have peace in the home. And siblings, children, get along. Get along with your siblings, son. It's good. It's pleasant. God says so. Parents and children, we'll see that towards the end. You've got some accountability in this. Better watch <laughs> I do too. I learned some things in this. That's in our families, in our homes, in our assemblies, all those brothers. But then the, the people we're just, our brothers in arms in this nation too, isn't it? The people we work with. People we bump into at the store over and over again. Enough to where they comment if you got your hair cut. <laughs> You got your haircut. Who are you? <laughs> Stalkers, I think. 
Get along with them. That's good to get along with. Better than being bad with them, isn't it? Is it better than being bad with them? And little league groups. You take your children out to activities, the people you with. Dwell, dwell peaceably with them in love and unity. Be kind to one another. David says, Behold, how good it is and how pleasant for brethren to dwell together in unity. How precious is it? It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his gar garments, the dew of Hermon, and that dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. What you got to be sad about? What you got to be picky about? To anybody. God saved you. <laughs> We've been anointed with some oil, ain't we? It runs head to toe. It come from his holy mountain, and he's commanded life. That, that roadblock that's in front of us, I think it's going to be okay. And we can dwell in unity. We can dwell in love. Anyway. Mm. This whole law, this love is what fulfills it. Turn back to John 13. That's going to be our text tonight. John 13. <clears throat> the whole law was fulfilled by Christ out of love, because of love, foreknowledge. And that love shed abroad in our hearts, given to us. He loved us first, and it's manifested comes to a head inside of his people. Not everybody's that way, Kevin. That's right. It ain't everybody. everybody ain't that way. But in God's people, that's what happens. It says here in John 13, 31, Therefore, when he was gone out, remember last, last week, he sent Judas out to go do something. He said, what you got to do, get done with it. He gave him sop, Remember? And he said, go, and Judas left. And they all thought he was going out to do something important. <laughs> Therefore, when he was gone out, Judas had left. It's just the 11 now. Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. This hour that's been, we've heard so much about, it's set in motion. The clock started ticking. Here we go. For, for the next several chapters, our Lord's just teaching these 11 until we get to John 17, the end of John 16. This, this is all one thing. This is precious, isn't it? And it's talking about his glory. And he says in verse 30, 33, little children, <laughs> little children. You know, well, I thought most of them guys probably older than he was. Lord's 33 and some change. They're in their 30s and 40s. Grown men, ain't they? He said, little children. Yet a little while I'm with you. Ye shall seek me. You're going to look for me earnestly. And as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. So now I say unto you, a new commandment I give unto you. Remember that old commandment? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, here's the motive. Here's the reason. Here's the way. Here's the example of being fulfilled. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. He gave the commandment, you shall love your neighbor. That means you're going to, because he did. And this is the way, this is the reason and the way 
that you love one another as I have loved you. After this manner, that ye also love one another. Here's the result of Christ in you. Our hope of glory. That new creation. Something new. We, we were beasts before. Wasn't we? Now there's something new in us. Loving our brethren. While I have your attention, I'm going to ask you a serious question. Who's your brethren? I don't know. I, got to, I, I look at y'all and I, <laughs> I know you all. There's probably some more out there, ain't there? Verse 35, here's the result of Christ in you. His love dwelling in his people. By this shall all know that you are my disciples. He said, go in the world, make disciples. That means teach them. God's going to have to teach them. The Lord's going to know that you're taught of God if you have love one to another. We have a common love. It's the same. Same with them. Same with the prophets of old. Same with these disciples, these apostles. And, and same as 50 years ago. Same as today. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. That love's been shed abroad in our hearts, isn't it? Does that come out of just good times and fun stuff? No, we're going to see a couple things we normally quote this evening. Paul said, glory and tribulations, don't we? Because they make patience, and patience brings experience, and experience brings hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because on bad times, because the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts. <laughs> we ain't going to see it. And that shed abroad means every corner. However big that is, it's, it's just plumful. Your cup's going to overflow, going to run over. By this shall all men know you're my disciples if you have love one to another. If you have love in common, love to mankind, love for, I would that all men would be saved. This was pressed on me. This two years ago, before I came here, there's two men that were professing believers. And they spent a decade or two together, long time, long time. They labored together and went to church together, and they had great times together and great conversations together, and they wept together. And As the years went on, something came up. Something drove a wedge in them. There was a seed of doubt sown. There was resentment that began to grow. And through that trial of one, time went on, they didn't talk as much, and that one had been a great trial of affliction. So down and out. And somebody encouraged him. They said, lean on your brother. Y'all been buddies for a long time, long time. Go lean on him. You've called him brother for so many years. Both these guys professing believers. And his reply was this. We don't have anything in common anymore. If they didn't have anything in common anymore, they never had anything in common to begin with. They didn't have anything in common right then. They never did have anything in common. Hmm. Turn over First John chapter two. The Lord does these things on purpose to teach them, teach his children. First John two, verse eighteen. John had learned a lot in those three and a half years. And then the Lord applied it to his heart for many more years after. And then he speaks with some wisdom here for us. In 1 John 2, verse 18. 
It says, little children, this is the last time. And as ye have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists. A whole lot of people against Christ. Whereby we know that this is the last time. They went out from us. They left. They went away. They, didn't have, they stopped having something in common with us. They wasn't nothing in common enough for them to stick around. And they had more in common with something that's not here, that's away. And so they went to that. They left. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, we had something in common. That common love, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out, that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. But you, you that still have something in common, you that's left here, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. You, you know this. You don't want to say it out loud. Doesn't that terrify you? I pray the Lord bring them back. I've seen people leave over 43 years. I've seen a bunch come and go. And, boy, I pray the Lord breaks their heart and brings them back. I pray they're his. But I know these things. I have not written unto you because you know not the truth. I'm not telling you this because you don't know it and i got to establish these things, but because you do know it and that no lies are the truth. Remind these things because you know this. And we need reminded of that, don't we? Because we walk in this world and there's people that we live next to and the people we care about. I, I really think, as we get to the end of this message, I really think the Lord's going to use us in this community. And I'd tickle me to death. There's some people... I like them. <laughs> I like them enough to pray for them. <clears throat> There's people I don't like, and I don't like them enough to pray for them. <laughs> That'd mean that relationship, wouldn't it? Turn over to John 4. <clears throat> or 1 John. 1 John 4. I'm sorry, just a page over. 1 John 4. Verse 6. Those that have that common love, we are of God. First John 4, 6. We are of God. That's a strong statement, isn't it? it in every place with a cross out front saying that? We're of God. We're God's people. And most of the time they mean that as if we are and you ain't. <laughs> That's a strong statement. For us to establish why I know the church in San Diego County. That's making a strong statement that there's none worth going to. Y'all taught that in 2019. Ain't that right? If there's people in this state, if we back them, that means we're not backing others. It's a strong statement. We're of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. <laughs> Lord's people hear the gospel. And he that's not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another. Now we know these things. We get it. We know who's coming, who's going. We know why they go. There was a division because of him. I don't like the layout of the chairs, or it's too hot, or it's too cold, or I don't like that floor color I just picked out this week. Hogwash, it's because of him. It's the gospel. It's Christ is, is, is why there's a division. We know those things, don't we? Now, knowing those things, we're going to pick our sides and stick to them. No. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. We know him. That means we know something of ourselves, and we know what he's done for us and how we acted as rebels, as sinners, as people that hated God, maybe while we was playing religion or maybe while we was playing in the gutter. I don't know. I know what I was when the Lord came to me. Are they different? 
Must love him. Must love him. And that's how people's going to know you're his. How can we do that? Well, he's got to love us first. And show us that love, and then we'll act on that love. We will. For the children of God, there's some things we have in common with this love. We have our sinfulness in common, don't we? The blood of Christ being the only thing that can wash away the sin that this man has. That's common. Is that common with you? Is there something you can do to get rid of what little bit of sin you got? Are you just not, oh, I ain't perfect. Nobody's perfect. Uh, I, I was at war with God. And it's the only thing that's going to give me life is him dying and shedding his blood for me and covering me in his blood. That's it. Nothing else will do. Bulls and goats won't do. Me doing good things won't do. It's going to have to be him. Salvation's going to have to be of the Lord. Do you have that in common? You going to take your toys home and get out? No, I'm going to hug you. <laughs> Love draws near, don't it? Jude said, Behold, Beloved, when I have gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. Not that that's common like you can buy it at a dime store. Not that it's common like, well, you know, it's run of the mill. It's the same with Jude. It's the same with them 11 apostles. It's the same with you, Bob. There's no difference. This is the same. Salvation's of the Lord. It's Christ and him crucified. It's who he is and what that one that's the Holy One of Israel did for a people that he loved. And it's plumb done. It can't be changed. It can't be undone. Nothing can be added to it. Nothing can be taken away from it. It's finished. It's finished. Like I said, Sonny, now do we we got 40 years left. You going to go hide in a closet somewhere? No. No. Huh? Believers agree on the truth of the gospel. They don't debate it. You get that? If two believers are sat down, they're talking about the truth of the gospel. They agree about the gospel. They don't sit and argue about it and debate it and go back and forth. They agree with one voice, with one accord. They have a common agreement, a common statement with the contentment with the truth. They're satisfied with the truth. Christ is all. That's good. But yes, he is. Amen. I'll have that. Turn over to uh, Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. There's a common contentment between the Lord's people with the gospel, with the truth. <clears throat> Here in Mark 12, verse 35. Mark 12, 35. And Jesus answered and said while he taught in the temple, How say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? We know that, don't we? He's going to be of the, tri the lineage of David, the house of David. Christ is the son of David. For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, because he wrote it, Right, The Lord hath said to my Lord, Set thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. David therefore himself calleth him, the Christ, Lord. And whence is he then his son? There was a, a hierarchy. There's elders. Uh, my dad ain't going to call me Lord or boss. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're my son. And how's David's great, 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 great grandbaby? Is he going to say, That's the Lord. Oh, what a quandary that is, isn't it? That's deep thinking. We're going to have to get all of our books out from the shelves and get the dust off of them and get to study and see what a bunch of old people said about it and see which one of them old people we agree with. What about the common people? 
just normal folks that, ain't, that probably can't even read. What are, they, what are they handling with the truth? Well, that's God. That's who it is. It's God in human flesh, ain't it, Bob? Look at there. David said, therefore, David therefore called him Lord, and whence is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. They said, that's right. You understand it? Not really. <laughs> I get it. Um, he's coming from David, but he's God. He ain't like us. He's holy, and he wanted to do it that way, so we're just going to hush and bow. Common folks, normal folks, run-of-the-mill folks, they just, they heard him gladly. They heard him gladly. They didn't disagree. They didn't debate it. They didn't go and muddy up everything. God just spoke, and they didn't go undo everything he just said right after he got through saying it. We have many differences. There's differences in this nation and, and throughout the world, isn't there? Our brethren down in Mexico or Papua New Guinea, there's differences in wealth. Big gap. What we pay in taxes is what they don't make in a year. There's differences in wealth. There's differences in education. There's differences in backgrounds, in cultures, countries, sports, car manufacturers. <laughs> we, we do a whole lot of differences. But all the children of God are cleansed by the blood of Christ. And we need cleansing. We were made clean. We are being made clean daily. And we shall be clean. Like that washing of feet. We're ever, ever wit clean. But, buddy, every day there's some dirt that gets on me. How about you? That's what we looked at him washing the feet. That was the lesson of justification the Lord was teaching. And he sanctifies us. He sets us apart. Any different than them and us? <laughs> Any difference than you? we got a lot of difference, but we have something in common. Turn over to Acts 10. Acts 10. The Lord was going to teach Peter a lesson. And the affliction he chose to teach that through was physical hunger. He let Peter get real hungry to teach him a lesson about the oneness with Christ. I'd have never come up with that. He's all wise, isn't he? He's going to teach Peter there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, bond nor free. That'll make a difference. We're one in Christ. And he let him get real hungry. Verse 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. I think I'm going to get a sandwich. Close to him. Rise, Peter. Kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord. I ain't going to do it. For I have never... He says never a lot, don't he? I have never eaten anything that's common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, thou call, <clears throat> that call thou that call not thou common. Don't you call it common. If I said it's mine, it's clean, don't you say it's common. Don't you say it's run of the meal. You understand? There's no, there's no separation between you, Peter, and what this is. Peter thought this was about diet. <laughs> he really did. But he was going to be shown that Gentiles, that he thought he was just a peg above. Like Now, now I know the Lord saves them Gentiles, but we came first. We're a little bit older. We're a little bit more mature. God said, don't you dare think that way. 
If you're a child of God, don't matter if you're an apostle or not, and, and they're a child of God, they're sinners saved by grace. Who made you to differ? Don't you call something unclean? I said it's clean. Told him to kill and eat, didn't he? How's it going to kill and eat people? Oh, no, come on now. That two-edged sword's going to slay somebody. That truth's going to go out of Peter's mouth, and those Gentiles are going to say, that's me. I heard that law. I can't keep it. I died. It slew me. And I'm going to have to be in Christ. And then eat. How would Peter eat that? Become one with. You are what you eat, ain't you? Would you eat with them? Would you eat with them Gentiles, Peter? Go get you a pulled pork sandwich. Sit down with them. It'll be all right. Become one with them. One with them. Unity. I thought of the body. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, ain't it? Just this physical body. This ain't a mistake. There's a red blood cell that carries oxygen that floats through my body. And that one may be used in my brain today. And it may work its way down to my hand, to my pinky finger. And it may go through my organs or something and through my heart and oxygenate that. My, my large intestines, small intestines, and my knees. Oh, I knee, it's hurting. Well, I got to have some blood flow down there and get that thing healed back up, don't I? That's amazing. The same blood runs through every part of my body. This body is amazing. And we don't willfully harm it. Any self-inflicted harm, universally that's accepted. No matter what country or culture you're in, if you're harming yourself, you're, you're mentally off. Something's wrong, ain't there? How much more the body of Christ is this body fearfully and wonderfully made? It's amazing. It's amazing. Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 12. For the body is not one member, but many members. But shall the foot say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not part of the body? I'm just no foot. And, I, and that hand's doing something different. Maybe I'm not part of that body. Is it not there for the body? If the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, am I not of the body? He goes on. He said, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. All those members of the body, of his spiritual body, throughout time and in this generation, it works together, doesn't it? The ear hears danger, and it, the feet find out, and it runs. <laughs> it moves the whole body, doesn't it? A hand's out by itself and gets cold. And the brain knows, and the brain tells the arm, bring that close. Draw it near and warm it up, doesn't it? And if they were all one member, where's the body? If we was all hands... You'd just be a big old hand walking around. That scares my death. That ain't a body. It's just a huge, there's no head there. You can't have all heads. Every part's needed. But now there are many members, but yet one body. A whole lot of differences, ain't there? Is all this love one to another, is that just good governance of this body, of the spiritual body? Does that just make us good earthly citizens? That's what the world tells you, isn't it? Is that just something that, that teaches us to be citizens of the heavenly kingdom and we got to just get so ripe we can go to heaven? No, it's much more than that. All this instruction, all this ex explanation of what we've been made, because we were nothing, and, and brought into his body, made bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, it's going to be used for something. It's going to be used for something. There's phrases we quote so often, but I want us to see the context. How, here's the use of that love. Turn over to Acts chapter 2. Back a few pages, Acts 2. Here's how that love, that unity, plays out. We have in common now just as much as that church 2,000 years ago did, don't we? How does he use all those people knowing 
him and knowing that blood sacrifice, knowing what we are, and, and we have love one towards another. We have a common love. We have so many things in common. How does the Lord use that, that way everybody else out in this town, either then or out here in San Diego County, how are they going to know that you're the Lord's disciples? What's he going to do with that? They just know some stuff? Well, that ain't going to help them out. <laughs> do something with it, ain't he? It ain't just knowledge with it, it's some understanding with it. The Lord don't make a tool and don't use it. Look here in verse 42, Acts 2, 42. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking bread and in prayers. Those that were the Lord's, they worshiped together. Is that what the text says? That they was together and they broke bread together? They observed the Lord's table together and they listened to the preaching of the gospel together and they prayed together? That's what the text says, isn't it? And fear came upon every soul. Respect did. Honor and reverence. There was awe and awe of the only one that's awesome. <laughs> they were in awe of him. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together, and they had all things in common. And what if I'm a police officer and you're a firefighter? No, we got all things in common. <laughs> and they sold their possessions and goods and parted with them to all men as every man had need. Does that mean we ought to sell everything we got and live in a commune? No, that's not. John told us that in 1 John 3. It says, but whosoever hath this world's good, this world's good. You just have physical benefit in this world. And seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up, him bow, shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? If I've got ten biscuits and you're starving to death and I don't give you two biscuits, if I ain't got enough compassion inside of me, the love of God's not shed abroad in my heart. I mean, that's just a child could tell you that. Something ain't right. Something ain't right. They sold all their possessions and goods and parted them to all men. As every man had need. You need something? Can I borrow your truck? <laughs> you want to borrow my car? Well, yeah. You want my brother? You want my sister? Do what you want. It's yours. Lord gave it to me. You reckon he'll give me another one? I ain't worried about it. They had need. They took care of it. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. The breaking of bread from house to house. They had cookouts. They come over from a crawfish bowl. That's family. That's what family does. They eat together, don't they? And did eat their meal with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God out of their mouth. That's, that's terrible what happened. No, it ain't God sent it. I hate that that's happened with your body. God made, God made me this way. I said, what? <laughs> Why are you... Why are you attributing that to him? He does all things. They praise God together. And having favor with all people. They didn't bring reproach on the gospel because there was nothing in them. They attempted. There was, but they, that was what they strove for. That there was nothing that someone would know in them and say, I ain't worshiping with that person. I can't go to church with them. They had favor. There was, they got along with people. As much as was in them, life in them, they, they, were, they got along with all people, didn't they? Now, what, what's done with that love? That's having love one towards another, isn't it? And, and love for people you don't even know. Just be kind to people in the community. Because the Lord's been kind to us. That's easy. Help those in need. Easy. He's gave me everything. Now, how we're gonna, what's that going to be used to do? Here's the context, right? And the Lord added to the church daily, as should, should such be saved. The Lord's going to use that to add to his church. Come see a man. Whoa, 
We always say it, don't we? Well, the Lord just had this church. Like we're just going to sit around and people are just going to pop in. <laughs> Poof. There's, well, we got 15 extra people. I don't know where they came from. That can, I guess the Lord could use that, whatever means he wanted. But he's going to have his people. All people going to know that you're brethren and you're his disciples because you have love one towards another as you walk out here on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Church ain't something we just go to. We need to get that through our heads, don't we? All this whole world does. They say, oh, yeah, man, I believe the gospel. Oh, it's Monday. I got stuff to do. Well, if the Lord goes in you and sheds that love abroad, that's going to come out on Mondays and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. <laughs> Not three hours a week. How, how could something be so life-altering and changed? There's a new creation in you. <laughs> you get that? He dwells in his people. And he's going to poke out. That old man's still here, and boy, what a battle we got now. Keep my tongue. I need calluses on my tongue from biting it. That's what I need. If I can just shut up and not think things, and I think I'm doing so good, and then somebody gets on my bumper, and I hit reach for that windshield wiper fluid. <laughs> Spray. What a wretch I am. What if that fellow got mad at me and pulled over? And I said, you want to go to church with me Sunday? I said, no, I'm going to bust out your headlights. What a fool I am. Hmm. That's the common experience, the common love. That's the instrument that the Lord's pleased to use to add to his church daily. Kimberly's working with some folks. She don't preach to them. She don't sit down and have five-point theological discussions with them. God don't say people that way. She just lives in the community. The community's better for it. We'll sit in a second. I'm getting ahead of myself. What do we have in common? Our sin. You're a sinner, I'm a sinner. Our salvation, we didn't do it, he did it. Our desire for the glory of God. Do you want God to be glorified? Our desire that all of God's elect be drawn to him. Do you desire that? Our desire to be made like Christ and live with him forever. Not like that would be handy to happen. Oh, it would be handy if the Lord saved half of California. What we got to do to do it? Maybe the Lord have it. Maybe he'll open up a door. Let's get after it. We care about the furtherance of the gospel. We preach Christ and him crucified. That's how we do it. He will use your attitude, your conversation, your mouth, what comes out of your mouth, of praise to him to add to his church. Verse 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily as should be saved. What are we to do while we're waiting on those in this community of San Diego County to be called out? Are we supposed to just chant stuff and just have all of our verses, our versitis, right? We can just quote, and we're just one continual quote, and you can't ever hear any words about normal life? No. We, we comfort those that have the same trials that we're going through. Paul said, There have no temptation taken you, but as such as common to man. People, people walking down the street go through the same stuff you go through. You're human too, don't we? How'd you get through it? Well, I didn't. Lord did. Oh, now the praises are coming out of your mouth again. You see that? You see that? Peter was a hot-headed fisherman, wasn't he? He was grouped in there with them sons of thunder. Boy, they're going to get some stuff done. And Matthew, he was a mafioso. <laughs> he was in the mafia. Luke was a physician. He was a doctor. Thomas was a pessimist. 
Want a proof on everything. Want a validation to it. Someone there had been through what someone else had went through. You see that? That body had a whole lot of different parts. Well, I can't go down there because I'm a ruffian. I used to be on drugs. Well, there's some of those there too. Well, I'm, I'm highly educated. Well, there's some of those there too. A little bit of everything, ain't there? And that ain't hard. That ain't hard to do. There was a little boy carrying his brother on his back through a field one time, and an old person popped off to a kid like we normally do and we ought not. Teasing them, trying to make conversation. It just makes kids feel awkward. Do you remember being a kid? And that fellow said, is, that, is, that, is, you, is it boy heavy? You carrying him on his back? Is he heavy? And that little boy said, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. <laughs> we can bear some burdens, can't we? That ain't a burden. That's my, that's my family. Also, we have all things in common. We have the privilege to mend bridges, don't we, that we burnt in this life. Paul wrote to Titus, and he said, Titus, my own son after the common faith. Not that they had a bridge burned, but the elder spoke to the younger. And he said, Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior to you. We have this common faith. We've been saved the same. Enough. Paul was the aged apostle, and Titus was his son in the faith. He spoke peace to him. Build bridges. You older ones, you lay the blocks for those bridges for the younger people. Reach out and do it. You strong, you lay the path for the weak. Older in the faith, no matter how, how old physically we are. Older in the faith, you be the one that builds the bridge for those younger in the faith, no matter how old they are. Parents and children. Sometimes parents are mad at children, children are mad at parents. Ought not to be. But I'm the adult. It's my job to make the men's and act like an adult. I'm not a child, I'm an adult. Put that Band-Aid on. Me and the bridge. Back in our text there in John 13. <clears throat> John 13, verse 33. It says, Little children, yet a little while I'm with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, Whither I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all know that you are my disciples if you have love one towards another. It'll benefit you. David said that. Our Lord said that. I'll say that. Don't, don't be mean. Love. It'll benefit you. It'll benefit your family. It'll benefit your brethren. Having that love shed abroad in their hearts. And it'll, living in this community, it'll benefit this county. I'm telling you, that, that's not a bold statement. That's just the truth. It'll, it'll make this county a better place. It really will. I'll tell you the proof of it. There was a 20th, 20th century poet from an island nation where the gospel was and where the gospel still is. Ain't many, ain't much. Gospel's preached there, though. And there was a lasting effect of the gospel being in that city. That fellow probably didn't know the Lord. I've read some of the other things he's wrote, and it ain't too good. But that whole community, whole community, that whole island nation was benefited by the gospel being there. He wrote this. There's one question I'd really love to ask. Is there a place for a hopeless sinner who is hurt 
all of mankind just to save his own self? Would you hurt all of mankind to put yourself ahead? Is there a place for a hopeless sinner like that? What's the answer? He said, as it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. Give thanks and praise to the Lord. That man didn't know God. He knew something, didn't he? Wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't that be better? He said, have pity on those whose chances grow thinner. There's no hiding place from the Father of creation. What benefit that had just in a daily life growing up. And maybe the Lord might use it to save somebody. Maybe the Lord saved that fellow. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? He ain't going to save him with a lie. He ain't going to save him with, 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 with something that's untrue. Gospel's in a place. And it's in you. You get that? Christ is in you. And, and I want all men to know not me, and not that I'm a child of God. I want all men to know him. <laughs> Don't you? That's my desire. Amen. All right. Another mic.